So excited that you're here with us. How many of you had a, a complicated Christmas? Come on. No one. Y'all don't remember my message. Huh? How about uncomplicated? Okay. Good. Y'all are quiet. It, it just, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm watching mules at the sheep gate. So um, this morning, it's so excited. I know that I know for a new year, we we are just excited for what God wants to do. Thank, yeah, uh, thank you. Uh, by the way, wait, wait, Jordan, come here, come here. Come here. How many of y'all remember Jordan Bogard? Used to be with us. Just, Jordan's passing through. He, I was saying, Jordan, how long were you with us? He said a year and four months. But you know he. He left in a good way. We blessed him and everything. Went back to his home church. Found him a woman. <laughs> married her. And he's off to Christ for the Nations, going through their worship uh, ministry and, and leadership there. And so just if you see Jordan, I know he's just passing through, stayed with Zach. And he had to get a little revival to his taste buds. We know that. But we're so, it's so good to see one of, our, you know, one of our people, come on, pursuing the Lord and God's dream over their life. He lost some weight too, didn't he? She been feeding you? <laughs> but um, you know, this morning uh, we're preparing to uh, journey these next few weeks, and uh, every year we call people to fast and to pray. And uh, I'm going to share a little bit about that more in a, in a moment. But you know, when you leave today, we have flyers explaining how to fast, what to do. You know, we have different types of fast, uh, you know, the full fast, Daniel fast, partial fast, what those things are. We try to explain it all through this right here just to help you. We have a, a daily reading with a devotional, and uh, it's kind of cool. It's all online, too, so you can go to, you can get it online. You can get it if you have a computer at home and stuff. We, we have uh, just a journal that you can have each day. We have bookmarkers that, so you can remember what we're what we're trusting God for. We have a 21 day. I have all this stuff. 21 day devotional through every day, and it just kind of goes through everything that you can do. And I know this: when um, we talk about fasting and praying, and we give explanations, you know how we worship God through the fasting and praying. That's all going to be available at the end of the service, and uh, you know as you're walking out. But also, it's it's available online, so you can go to your phone. You can go to the computer, and you can just have it in the privacy of your own home. And one of the things that I know that, that I'm really trusting the Lord for and believing God for this year, and I felt like the Lord gave me a word. Is that okay to have a word? Yeah, every year I just really pray. I mean, if you, if you remember last year, I sat up here or I stood up here, and I said, you know, God gave me a word that the, the joy of the Lord is going to be our strength this year. And little did I know the things that I would have to walk through. And I really feel like this year, the Lord said, you know, Bubba, this year I want to give an open heaven. And, you know, what does that mean? That sounds really cool. But an open heaven is where you just sense the presence of God. There's a faith. There's a trust in God that you haven't seen. But I know in order for that to happen, there have to be barriers that are broken in our own personal lives. How many of you have some areas in your life you go, man, you know, Pastor, Pastor Bubba, I need God to break some some things in my life. Maybe some stinking thinking. Come on. Anybody got like that? 
How about just attitudes? It could be things that you've dealt with, struggles you've had. You maybe, you know, and then also, it's not just individually, but I believe it's a corporately as a city. How many of you know that we got a city that needs Jesus? We need it, we have a region that needs Jesus. And I believe that only happens as we fast and pray and we believe God for the greatest. And so, what's wrong? You can't hear me? Huh? Yeah, I'm not forgetting them, I promise. Zach's going, the kids, let the kids go. I mean, all right, go ahead. Children, you may be dismissed. I mean, Lord, I mean, he's telling me in my ear. Just, I, mean, I was going there, I promise. Be released. Be free. But um, thanks, Zach. He's just keeping me online. He knows that if I get caught in a tangent, I could never get off of it. But what are y'all laughing about? Anyway, just, but, you know, this morning, you know, it's, I really believe that the importance of that is that, you know, that we really, you know, it's like I said, when you use the word, let's really trust the Lord. I know that you trust the Lord. It's coming to a point of going, God, I want, how many you want to go deeper with God? Two people, three people, four people, okay? Y'all, y'all just went to a conference, Andrew, so y'all want to go just, how many of y'all want to go deeper with God this year? How many of you want to see God do great things in this area and, and in your life where you just look back and you go, that is God? It's God. And that's all that I'm wanting to do. That's all I want. I know on, uh, I believe it's um, the 27th of this month. It's going to be a Sunday night. We're going to have a worship night. We're going to have a freedom night where we just worship God. You will be calling people corporately to come and pray. Uh, The doors will be open to the church. Uh, We'll post it on on what times. If you just want to come to the church and just pray or come to the office of pastor, can we ask one of us? We'll give you a key to come in here and pray and just trust the Lord. And uh, amen? But I don't want it just to be something we just go through and we just go, well, we did that. That was kind of cool. It was a cool idea. It's not an idea. It's something that we want to see God do and break barriers. Amen? Amen. At this time, we're going to go ahead and prepare to receive our tithe and offering. Amen? You know, uh, this morning as we do that, I, I'm just reminded that, you know, that we should start the, the year every year with our first fruits. And this is, I look at it this way. You know, some people go, well, Pastor, but I don't believe in all that tithing and giving and all that stuff. I'll just say this. If you've never tithed and you've never given, I just encourage you in your own heart, listen to me, to start with something and see what God can do. If God, if God breathed on something small, I know this. If you do the possible, say it with me, I'll do the possible. Oh, boy, that's really weak. Say, I'll do the possible and believe God for the impossible. And so that's what we do is we sow into God's kingdom. We trust that God will do what we do, what we can do, and God will do the impossible. Amen. And the Bible says he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. I don't know anybody that doesn't want a blessing. Anybody not, don't want a blessing? How many of you want the spirit of poverty on you for the new year? I'll pray it for you. How many of you want the spirit of blessing over your life? Come on. Now, now I got your response now. 
So let's believe God that he wants to do that. So as the ushers are preparing, if you want to write out a check, you just write out to OSC, our Savior's Church. You can give online. There's different ways. If you're a visitor with us, we have a Get Connect card. We'd ask you to fill this out and go to the Connect kiosk at the end of the service and give this. And we have a gift for you. We just would love to give to you this morning. And so with that, let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the incredible privilege that we have. God, to be followers of you, to be disciples. And Lord, I thank you that so much of what you want to do is in our lives. And so many times we limit you. And I pray that, God, we would literally allow the shackles of limits, of limitations. God, we just shake those things off for this new year. And Lord, this is our first fruit. This is our first opportunity for a new year to give. And Lord, I pray this morning that you would just breathe upon this offering and that God, for everything that's needed in every individual from healing, God, to finances, to whatever it is, I pray, Father, for relationships to be restored. I pray as we sow into your kingdom that you would sow back to us. And we thank you as we sow. We just, the reward is we get your presence. We get your presence. We receive, God, the very things that we need in our lives. And we just pray your blessings and grace over this offering in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said amen and amen. This morning, I just want to, before I get into the message, I do want to talk a little bit about what we're starting with fasting this morning. And I felt like the Lord gave me a word for us for this year and so for the fasting as we do that. And so if you would, just pull out a pen and a piece of paper, and I'd encourage you to write this thing down. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, you can go, man, it was good, but I forget what they said because we didn't write it down. And so I I encourage you. It's kind of like, it's like one of my favorite Puritan sayings. It's like uh, reading without reflecting is like eating without digesting. I'll say it again. Reading without reflecting is like eating without digesting. How many of you know there's a lot of people in the Christian world that are spiritually constipated? That got some of you awake. Because they don't allow things to pass through them. They just don't, so Isaiah says this, Is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, is Isaiah 58, 6, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Come on. You see, as we fast, we're, we're giving up something that we love for something that we love more. Jesus. You see, you know, the heart behind the 21 days of fast is God awaken our hearts. It's not a lack of food or TV, but it's, it's about laying down our interest, our interest to pursue God's interest. You see, as Isaiah says, heavy burdens being lifted. How many would like a heavy burden being lifted off of you this year? A heavy burden. How about, you know, the captive being set free? How many of you maybe have family members or people that you've been praying for that they would literally have an experience with God and they would be set free? They wouldn't be captivated by darkness anymore, but the light of God's presence would just shatter their captivity. Amen? See, last time I checked, Jesus was the only one lifting burdens and removing sorrow from people. You see, somebody said, I heard someone say the other day, you know, uh, you know, that people are preaching that cheap grace. I'm going, wait a minute, think about it. Cheap grace. You know what? How much cheaper can you get than free? God's given his grace freely. And see, fasting is important because it keeps our flesh in check and gives us a clear perspective on our relationship with God and what, what it's really like. You see, all day long, our flesh is demanding to be fed. How many of you have ever had that? Come on. 
At night, after you've eaten dinner, come on, I had this, this spirit come upon me. Come on. It's called Blue Devil, Blue Devil Devil. Bluebell Devil. Well, it's, you know what I'm talking about. It will try, and it speaks loud. And if your wife has an exotic flavor and you like it, you're going for it. Come on. I mean, it speaks. I mean, get them chips, get this, get that. I'll turn that thing on. No one knows what you're doing. All of a sudden, we create appetites that aren't healthy. Hello? And what happens is we begin to, all of a sudden, we begin to come aware of like, hey, man, this is, I want to be more concerned about what God wants in my life than what me feeding my flesh. How many of you got hang-ups with chocolate? Come on, all you women. Ray, raise your hand. How many of you got, I mean, guys, come on. How many of you got hang-ups with certain, like, if, if someone said, hey, man, you know, you heard uh, S- Sister Boo, she's cooking a, 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 a pork roast. And you don't want to go, I mean, it tastes so good. And you really, you should stop. But some of us don't take enough time to breathe. We inhale that stuff. Come on, guilty. But taking that time to be able to go, you know what, hey, man, I really don't need to do that. Let me, and so I, this is not, look at me. This is not a Bondo cookie that I'm trying to give you. This is an, a free, an expression of freedom that I want you to have. Are you hearing me? Because there's some people go, wow, you need to do this, you need to do that, and do this, and then it's all about the do's and don'ts. It's really about the spirit of why you're doing this. And it's all about the heart. See, all day long, all day long our flesh demands to be fed. The world always is selling you something and making you promises it can't keep. You see, this is why Matthew 6.33 says this. I love this scripture. But seek first what? Whose kingdom? Whose kingdom? His kingdom. And it says God's kingdom, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. I I heard um, someone say one time, I don't remember who it was, but righteousness means just right choices. Right choicesness. It's where you begin to learn to make right choices. Before I knew the Lord and before you knew the Lord or you experienced the presence of God in your life, how many of you made a, bad, a lot of bad choices? And, and, and what he's saying is when you seek my kingdom, it's not your ideas or your things, but it's his, what he wants. It's my will being crossed by the will of God. You understand me? How many of you married? I mean, you know, the only time the word compromise is used or really properly needs to be applied in your life is when? In marriage. Come on. Men, how many times your wife has said something to you and it was really right, but you didn't want to admit it? Come on. And you were, you were, you were like set, man. You want, this is what we're doing. This is, and they just come with appeal, not demanding, not an argument, but I really, baby, I feel like this. And you're like, oh. and then you kind of get away and you kind of go, man, she's right. How do I humble myself? How do I become the leader? You know, <laughs> it's you going back and humbling yourself and saying, you know what? I've, I've heard guys do this. The Lord spoke to me. No, you, he didn't. The, your wife spoke to you and God was telling you, that's right. You see, I said, but seek God. It's for his, uh, this is what we're going to do this, during this time. We're going to seek God for his direction. How many of you need some good direction for this new year? You said, man, Lord, you know, I know this. If you're not in the right direction, God wants to bring the correction to bring the direction. And so if we're seeking him, it opens up our hearts and our, and, and, and our lives to be able to allow God to bring the correction that we need but also the direction that he wants to take us in. And see, I know that, you know, for his, and, and, and also it's like, how I many you know, I want direction for my family, 
for my kids, for my job, for my coworkers, and you know, and, and even the things that I enjoy, my hobbies that I like to do. Because I know this, if I do it God's way, God will bring people into my life that I'm able to share his kingdom with. And it's not a stress thing. Oh, I've got to share his kingdom. It's just a part of who you are. When you're seeking his direction. See, prayer and fasting go hand in hand. And see, don't just fast because it's good. Fast because you're desperate to see God, listen to me, show up and do only what he can do. I know this. When I pray, there's been times that my wife and I have prayed and fasted. We, we just got together and said, we're going to pray and fast for one of our children one time. And, and I remember just, we were just concerned. We said, we can't convince them. We can't make this happen. This has got to be God. How many of you talking about? And so we just said, you know what? We don't care about food. We don't care about it, whatever. And I know this. When, many times when you're fasting, it's like people come and bring you food or give you a snack and you're tested. Come on. Maybe it's just me, but anyway. But, and I remember during that moment, we just prayed and we fasted. And literally, literally we saw a breakthrough. A breakthrough. And like, I can just say this. It wasn't anything that Tracy and I did. We just wanted to get in agreement with God and say, God, we can't do it. We need you. And we're desperate enough that we don't care about what food and all those other things. We did eat, but it's like, you know what I'm saying? We just fasted. We prayed. We believed. and said, God, we're willing to deny these things because we want you to show up. Thanks for all those amens. Fast because, this is why you need to fast, because Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a comforter. Because Jesus brings peace. Because Jesus brings joy. And he brings mercy. You see, in finding, you'll know him and you'll find. See, fasting is a principle that God has intended for everyone to practice. It's not a punishment. It's not a punishment. I used to think that. Because I was part of a, when I was going to Bible college, they'd, go, they'd call a fast. And when you're single and you're 20 years old, come on. And they go, we're fasting for three days. I had never fasted one meal in my entire life. I mean, we were literally like pigs. Three, well, I'm, all right, it starts in an hour. Man, we were <laughs> saving up like hamsters. And I remember, I remember, man, when we broke the fast, you know, there's a couple. One time we went to Poncho's. You don't know what Poncho's is? All you can eat Mexican. One of my friends got, you know, you have the flag where the, wait, the waiter keeps coming. He goes, leave it at half mash so they keep coming. <laughs> Another time we went out and got chocolate. Well, we got, no, it wasn't chocolate. It was uh, cookies and cream ice cream. And we go, and we're going in. I promise you this. I mean, we went and we go, hey, you know, we want that, the bucket. It was like five of us. And they, we want, they, they go, how many scoops? No, no, we don't want scoops. We want to buy the bucket. How much is the bucket? I promise before the living God. We bought the bucket. We went home. We broke our fast with a full-on five-gallon thing of cookies and cream. And I never had a hangover like that the next morning in my entire life. But see, what it was is that I thought it was a punishment. I didn't understand the power of what it really can bring and what it can really do and what it can really accomplish. Because, see, we look at it as like, oh, poor, poor. We look at the Old Testament where it's sackcloth and ashes because, you know, I mean, that was their sign, an outward sign saying, I'm believing God for something. See, fasting is a principle that God intended for every one of us to practice. 
It's not a punishment. It's a privilege because he draws us closer to his presence. How many of you want to be closer, closer to God in his presence this year? You see, and so fasting reduces. Listen, fasting reduces the power of self. How many of you need yourself to kind of shut up? So that the Holy Spirit can do more intense work in you, not only in you, but through you. You see, it brings holy brokenness and it calms our soul. It just does. It renews our spiritual vision and, and our passion and, 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 and our faith. You know, I think what a great time. You know, we didn't know that this was going to happen with, with Joel. But it's a great, you know, we're fascinating praying as a church. What a great time for us to say, God, we're, I'm, that's one thing I'm believing for, that God, you're going to bring complete healing to Joel. Are you hearing me? And that we as a church see the power of God touch a circumstance. It's, he's not any more special than any one of your children. Do you understand me? It's just something right now that we see. He's, a, he's one of our pastors. He's our son. He, he's, one of our, he's one of us. You know what I'm saying? And we love that family. But it's like that doesn't mean your family's any different. But we're believing God for this circumstance. See, it inspires us to determine to follow God's revealed plan for your life. You see, the, you know, the discipline of fasting, I like what Andrew Murray said. This is what he said. Fasting helps to express, to deepen, and to confirm that we are ready to sacrifice everything, even ourselves, to attain, to, to, to attain what we seek for the kingdom of God. You know, I guess the main point of what I want to share this morning, that's not even the message, that's just the introduction. But the main, I'm not going to be long. And, but, you know, the main point, fasting is about counting the cost. That's what it's about. It's not about starving yourself to death. It's, it's about waking up and sacrificing everything for the sake of Christ. Fasting is about counting the cost, giving up something you love for something you love more. That's what it represents. And, you know, the seri- what we're doing is we're calling the fasting awake. And how many of you have ever... Been in a deep sleep, and someone came and woke you quickly. I mean, I'm talking about. I mean, you're just laying there. It could be a telephone call, ring, ring. You know, I, my wife and I have seen each other over the years. Like we forgot the alarm or something, and you all of a sudden you remember something. Oh, you get out of bed. You know what I mean? Then there's other times that it's something loud. I remember one time I was working, and we worked 24 hours straight to fix this ministry house. And, and they said, you know, I've been 27 hours straight. And they said, now you can go lay down and get some sleep. And so I went and slept, and it came and woke me up in an hour and a half. I mean, I'm laying, I'm like dead to the world, dead to everything. And they come and they go, and you guys in the oil field, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes that happens. And they just, and you're going, and they're shaking you. I remember one time, one of my sons wrecked this car. And, and my, my wife, I take, what did I take? Advil, okay? Advil messes me up. I wrecked this car. They called her. I mean, she's like, wake, trying to, baba, baba, trying to wait. I'm out. I can't, I'm on an Advil high. 
She had to go to the thing. I mean, but there's been times some of us have been awakened, and all of us a sudden thing, or you got to deal with something, or something you weren't expecting. And see, I believe this is sometimes God wants to wake us up. Sometimes, I know when I didn't know the Lord, God started bringing situations, circumstances in my life to wake me up, to make me aware that God was there. Not only was He there, but He was there trying to let me see His goodness and His hand in my life. And there's other times when we give ourselves to the Lord, and what we do is we allow our hearts to become cold and callous to the things of the Lord, and we just kind of just do everyday life. And, and it's not about, you know, just, it's just, we're just going through the motions. And see, this morning, if I could say anything, wake up! It's time for us. There's a church. I mean, I remember when, I don't remember the, the Japanese uh, admiral's name, but I remember if you saw Tora Tora or whatever those movies are, I remember they were interviewing him after they bombed, bombed Pearl Harbor and they went to that, that Japanese general and they said, and he said, what do you think, Admiral? And he says, I'm afraid that we've woken up a sleeping giant. You see, let me tell you something. You go, well, who am I? Let me just tell you who you are. You're fearfully and wonderfully made by the hand of God. God has chosen you and me to be his ambassadors. He's, you go, well, I'm just, this, you can have all the excuses. You are not insignificant. You are significant in the, in the eyes of God. I don't care what side of the bayou you were born from. I don't care where your family came from. I don't care if your mama had a reputation or your daddy had a reputation. It does not matter where you came from. It's, listen, it's not how you start out life. It's how you finish life. And see, I believe this more than anything. God wants us to wake up and to see his heart and his desire. And I, as I was going through this, thinking about this, I thought about, you know, Abraham, when God woke him up and said, look, I'm going to give you a son of promise. And he tried to do it in himself with the Ishmael. And God gave him his son Isaac. And then we go throughout the Bible. You see many times that God began to wake people up and stir their hearts. And they came to a place of complacency. And God would show up and say, listen, this is what I want to do. And some people didn't believe the dream in the, in the heart of God. And see, look at me. I want, I want to see the whites of your eyes. God has a dream and a desire and a purpose. And it's us having the right perspective. Okay, God, you love me. This one I want you to understand. God loves you. God loves you. God has a purpose for your life. He has a purpose. And see, during this time, we can go, God, what's my purpose? What am I here for? You see, another thing is God has a priority. God's trying to pursue us. Can we make our priority seeking him as he pursues us? Hello. And then there's principles as we learn those principles in the word of God that we can apply those things. It doesn't become a list of do's and don'ts. It becomes, man, God, you you love me enough that you want to do these things in me. So go with me to the book, the gospel of Luke. And I'm going to read right there several verses. And I'm going to get right into the message. Are you with me so far? Thank you. There's two people with me. Verse 25. Now large crowds were going along with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children and brothers and sister, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He says, for which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation, is not able to finish all who observe 
they begin, they, uh, who observed it began to ridicule him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Oh, a king, when he has set out, sets out to meet another king in battle, will not first sit down and consider whether he's strong enough with the 10,000 men to encounter the one coming against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So then, none of you, listen to this, none of you can be my disciple who does not give up all his possessions, his, all his own possessions. Therefore, salt is good, but even if, even salt has become tasteless with what, what will it be seasoned? Last verse. It is useless either for the soil or for the manure pile. It is thrown out. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, Jesus wasn't impressed. I, I, I know this is that he's sitting in the crowd. He's talking to his people. He could be in a, he could be in a Pharisee's home. And he wasn't impressed. Jesus was not impressed by their enthusiasm. He knew they were not concerned about spiritual things in this moment, in this, as he was talking. Some only wanted to see miracles. They go, I just wanted, I want to see a miracle. How many of you love to see miracles? There's nothing wrong with seeing a miracle. That's what they were there for. They wanted to see the miracles. They wanted to see, they heard he fed the hungry. They, 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 a few hoped that he would come over and, and maybe overcome the Roman soldiers that brought oppression to their country. He th- they thought, David, man, he's the one. David's promised kingdom is coming now. You know, they were expecting the wrong things. But Jesus makes it very clear between salvation and discipleship. See, salvation is open to all who come by faith. But discipleship is for believers who say, who will say, I'm going to pay a price. I'm willing to pay a price. See, salvation means coming to the cross and trusting Jesus. When I say the cross, it's coming to God and saying, God, here I am. I take you. And you know, but a disciple, see, while discipleship means carrying the cross and following Jesus. You know, we may suffer, we may go through things, shame, even death to self. A cross is something we're willing to accept from God as part of his, his will for our lives. I'm getting real quiet when you talk about things like this. But see, we fast to continually remind ourselves of the plan of God and how he's laid it out for us. So we have, not, we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we're not having all the wrong, we're not doing this for all the wrong reasons. We fast, we're not fasting to gain more of Christ. And, and we're fasting to gain more of Christ, not his stuff. Does that make sense? Because people want his stuff instead of just want him. And, you know, there's whole movements that just want God's stuff. Instead of want him. Look, if you get him, he'll give you his stuff anyway. He knows what you need. The Bible says, what? Even before you ask. Some of you don't need a Land Rover. Your Toyota will do fine. Hello. You see, Jesus gives two parables. This is what it's in, this, in this portion, it's costly demands of the following. First, he gives a man building a tower. He goes, He's got to look at it, figure out the cost, do what he's got to do, figure this out. Then he gives the one, the king fighting. See, the, the usual interpretation is that, that, that believers are represented by these two parables. And we better count the cost. Before we start something, we better be able to finish. 
And see, my question sometimes is, are we the right building material for God to build his kingdom? Hello. See, it's not a matter of we just count the cost. Are we the right material? Are we the right stuff? Like the old movie, The Right Stuff. I don't remember what it was about, but anyway, it was a movie. But see, are we, kind of, are we the kind of material that God can build the church with, that he can battle the enemy with? Are we the stuff? See, don't, go, don't, don't grow weary and fasting and quit early because, you know, uh, God can speak to you. And see, I, I'll just be honest with you. There's been times I fast. I've done complete fast where it's just water. I've done fast where I've done communion at lunch. I know one of my, one of my dear, precious friends that have gone on to be with the Lord is Pastor Jacob's father-in-law, Brian Bowden. He passed 40 days, and he would take communion every day at lunch. I'm not asking you to do that. You better get a doctor's permit for that one, okay? But I just remember, you know, I, and, I, and I've seen, but there's been times, I'm, 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 I'll be honest with you. Can I just be really brutally honest? How many of you want to know dirt about me? Come on. There you go. I saw me. There you go. It's Janine. I saw you back there. I'm asking. Let me give you a little dirt. There's times I've had the Lord ask me to, to, to invite me in to fast with him, and I allowed my flesh or I allowed my appetite to rule me more than my hunger for what God wanted. Pastor, you? Yes, me. But there's other times that I've done what he's told me to do, and I've seen the results. But God's not here to condemn me. I mean, I remember we were going through this fast one time, and the guy, I was talking to the guy, and, and he was doing a Daniel fast with me, and, and, and he was doing it at the same time we were talking, and, and he goes, and I go, you know, we're eating beans, and I go, man, we, how do you get away with coffee? He goes, well, coffee's a bean. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Whatever. You know, I mean, you know, you go through all these different things. Man, I'm moving this pulpit. I'm fixing to push it over. But you know, the thing is, is that for all of us, don't grow weary in your fast and quit early. You know, he can't, he can't get the job done with half-hearted followers. And that's what he's saying. Count the cost. I'm not wanting you to do this and go, well, we're doing it in the church every year. Pastor Bubba wants to do fast. Bible says don't even let people know what you're doing. Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is. I mean, just don't. It's not about advertising. It's just we're believing God to do something. How many of you would like your marriage to be spruced up a little bit? Come on. Man, I do. Golly, that many people. We need to do a whole marriage series. Next month, marriage series. You want your marriage to be spruced up. You want things to happen. Come on. And see, I know this. If I pray enough, I see prayer attaches us to God. Fasting detaches us from our flesh. You see, turn with me to Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to read something real quick. I I was reading it this morning. I think it'll be good. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Chapter 17, verse 14 through 21. I have a point. When they came to the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, falling to his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is a lunatic and is very ill. For he, he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they could not cure him. 
And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Does it sound like any of your children when you, how how much longer do I put up with you? Anyway. And he says, and Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. Look at verse 19. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not drive it out? And he said to him, because of the littleness of your faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith of the size of a mustard seed, you know, the, you know the scripture, and you shall say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. When we stop right there, don't we sometimes? Look at the next verse. But this kind does not go except by what? Prayer and fasting. See, I know this. There's a scripture in Job chapter 1, verse 5, where he says, it, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Every day he would go, before the day gets started, he'd get an oxen, and he would sacrifice for each of his own sons and his own children. And see, I believe this. Think about this dad. And he, this is when I started thinking about Think about this dad. Did he love his son? I don't know. He might have taken him to counselors. He might have taken him to the pastor. He might have taken him to Pastor Bubba. He might have taken him to different people. He might have taken him to all these places. He was concerned, and nothing changed. And he's going, what do I do? And he brings him to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Just prays over him, rebukes the devil, and it's gone. And sometimes we get jealous that God's using some people and not using us. Come on, come on. How come they're getting used and not me? How come God's doing things with them and not me? Here, here's the key. And I started reading. Here's the key to that scripture. Listen to me. You know why? And you know why he was there? Because Jesus prepared himself continually. See, when you have an emergency and you're not prepared, hello, you're not praying, and I'm not saying you, you know, you're not praying, you have an attitude of dependence on God. When a catastrophe happens, you freak out. Like the song. Oh, God, what are we going to do? God. God. When they said that word, you've heard me say, when they told me cancer, the first thing I did is I went to my knees. <laughs> Asked my wife, God, the battle's yours. You know what it did? And you know what Josh and Lindsay doing? You know what? I mean, just say, they're praying. They're believing God for the little boy. Their world's not, you know what I mean? It's not shattered. It, God's holding their world together. Hello? Just like he'll hold your world together. And listen, the only way you prepare yourself for the emergency is by seeking God and his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Does that make sense? See, I have volumes of books. I have all kinds of books. and There are men and women who built the church and battled the enemy and paid the price. They were all people that had salt in their character. They just did. You know, Jesus told the disciples they were the salt of the earth. That means you add flavor. When you walk in the room as a Christian, as a follower of the kingdom of God, you add spice, baby. Ah, yeah. 
I have a friend, he, he's a great cook, and he used to work at Emeralds. And, and you know, Emerald, I mean, he goes, and you got to know him. He goes, he goes, oh, it's so good. He said, man, I cooked it so well. He goes, I got to kiss myself. <laughs> the incredible thing is, is that I'm the kind of guy, I like salt on food. I don't even taste it. I, I mean, I'm, my wife goes, you put salt on pizza? Brings it out, baby. You are the salt of the earth. You bring spice. You bring flavor. The world is looking for flavor and spice in their life. And they're looking to, you know, I'm just being honest. If you stay up late and you thumb through the channels, they have all these things. How to lose 50 pounds in a week. How to have the best sex ever in a week. And blah, 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 blah. I'm, y'all, don't look at me. You've watched those things at night where they, you're surfing. I'm not saying you just park there. I'm just saying you're gonna, you see the titles on the thing. And it promises you all this stuff, and it doesn't deliver because it doesn't have the spice of life. It's not what you really need. See, miracles begin to happen when we realize that we are the salt of the earth. That Christ has chosen us. In Ephesians, he says, just as he chose in you. That he predestined. He said, man, I put my mark. I put my fingerprint on your life. You're mine. You're mine. And that's why, listen to me, the greatest mission the enemy has is to break the heart of God over your life and my life. When someone dies, let me tell you, until you die, there's still hope for you. Until you die. I've sat with people that literally, and I asked the guy one time, can I pray with you? And he said, I'll take my chances. He was dead the next morning. I've prayed with people, you know, and I've talked to people, and the next day they were dead. I promise you. And I'm like, God. And then I'm thinking in my heart, do they have that assurance? But let me tell you something. If someone trusts in the Lord Jesus and they're living for him, let me tell you, I don't have any worry. It's like my friend Wayne, when they found out he had cancer in his liver, and we met each other, and he said, Bob, and he went on to be with the Lord on October 16th. He came to me as a Christian. He goes, hey. The devil's gonna, this, he's gonna threaten me with heaven? Come on. Many times it is only in prayer and fasting that we truly realize what God has called us to do and called us to be. By your character and lifestyle, we ought to. We got to make other people thirsty for Jesus. I know people that have just lived their life and people are watching them and they watch their life and they kind of, because that salt's being splashed around. Their life. Come on. They're just being, and all of a sudden they go, tell me, what? what? What's that? Why you? Why don't you? I said, having one of the ladies this morning, she's telling me her husband's offshore, and you know, he's a strong Christian in our church. And this one guy, he said he's a Christian, he started cussing around him. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I don't want to do that in front of you. I've been in the duck blind, and people don't know that I'm a pastor. And they're like, well, you, know, you want some cough syrup, buddy? I know what's in the cough syrup. Okay. You know, and I, I mean... 
oh, you're a preacher. <laughs> I said, yeah, you're a creature, and God called me to preach to you. But anyway, just. It's just a taste. I, before I knew the Lord, I saw my grandmother. I saw my friend, my be- one of my best friends, his brother get saved. I saw people around me. I saw, and it was like something that was salty in their life. I wanted to stay away from it because I was scared of it. Because I thought, you know, I don't want to be like weirdo. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Because I thought when people became a Christian, they just got weird. And that's the one thing that you've heard me say, God, I don't want to be weird. I want to be real. I don't want to be religious. I want to be right. Hello? See, I believe this is that the mod, you know modern salt it doesn't lose its, its flavor like the old salt in the Bible did. It would lose that and it would throw it out. See, when a disciple loses his character, it's good for nothing. It's good for nothing. And even you know they'll have people that have burnout. And see, this morning there there's always an if in the connection with discipleship. If there's always an if. If you do this, if you, it's an if. God's, it's conditional. See, there's a difference between just someone that's just claiming Jesus and someone saying, I want to follow him. See, the last thing is Ephesians 5, 5.14 says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead, and Christ, listen to what it says, will give his light. Look to Jesus. He'll wake you up from your death. No matter your mistakes, no matter where your character's been, Jesus, he'll give you life. That's what it's all about, guys. That's what it's all about, the life of God. How many want the life of God? How many want the power of God? Listen, it's, it's making a distinction. I believe, for, I believe, I prayed my salvation. That's secure. I prayed that God would... Get, take my life, and he would take all of me, and I get rid of, I asked him for forgiveness for all the junk. How many of you have had a few things that you've had to ask God to forgive you for? And, and, get, and give him those things, and all of a sudden there's a freedom, there's an expression, then it's saying, I don't want to just stay there, but man, I want, God, I want to follow you wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do. It, you become, all of a sudden everything becomes, hey, I used to be a mission field, but now God, I want to be on mission for you. Amen? And some of you, when you leave this place, you go back to your home and your family's a mission field. You go back to your work, your work's a mission field. You go back in your relationship, in your, even in your marriage, it may be a mission field. But it's okay because God is there with you. If you're there believing God to break barriers and things and you're willing to humble yourself and allow God to change you, he can bring and allow you to be the salt that brings that thirst and that desire for other people. But the, the most important thing is you've got to be willing to count the cost. And the cost is this, you, all of you. See, here's the question. How many of you want to be, how many of you want, how, how many of you want God to use all of you? All, every, all of all you got, come on, all. Listen, if you want God's all in your life, you bet, you've got to be willing to give him your all. Amen? I'm going to pray. Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Bob, I'm, I'm at a place in my life. I know I'm not giving Jesus my all. It's not a matter, matter of anything. I just need to give him, I need to come to that point of salvation where I, I trust him with my life. And then I want to follow him 
with all my heart. Can I pray for you this morning? If you're there and you know, you know where you're at. I'm not here to be an examiner. The Holy Spirit's right. I trust the Holy Spirit. He's right here. He's here to help you. He's here to teach you. He's here to comfort you. He's here to restore you. He's here to do whatever he needs to do. Maybe if you're saying, Pastor, I want to go beyond just, just kind of walk in the line, just being safe. I want God to have all of me. I want this year to be the greatest year of my life. And the greatest time that I see God bring, break barriers in my life and break things that, you know, the junk that's in my trunk. Let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for every individual that's here. And Lord, different ones of us are at different places in our lives, in our walk with you. And Father, for those that they just need to trust you. Just pray this prayer if that's you this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, in your breath, I come. Forgive me for my selfishness and my lifestyle, my sins. You know them. I know them. But I'm asking you to forgive me, to cleanse me. I confess my sin. I'm a sinner and I need your grace. Come into my heart. Free me. Thank you for you, that you accept me as I come and I give you my all. And Father, for those that have just been battling to say, man, Lord, take it all. I want to follow you. I want to be all that you want me to be. I pray that, God, that you would, be do, you would do that this morning. And Lord, as people trust you, they would see the incredible call of God and the desire you have for their lives. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name.